well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking about uh, something going on in California. A couple of things going on in uh, Santa Clara County, California. Uh, you know, that the uh, home of the former sheriff, Lori Smith, who was convicted by a civil jury on the charges of corruption and bribery. Now, that did not end all of the uh, legal cases against members of the sheriff's office or those who were accused of bribing sheriff's officers in exchange for concealed carry licenses. Oh, no, no. As a matter of fact, uh, one of these charges has now been revived. That's the good news. We've got some bad news out of uh, Santa Clara County as well. We'll get to in just one second. Before we do, Biden's America... That's crushing us. You've got companies laying off thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call 855-412-3806 today. That's Gold Co. at 855-412-3806. And uh, yes, Mr. Crow the Rooster hanging out on my uh, front porch today on a another rainy morning in uh, Central Virginia. So apologies for the uh, crowd noise in the background here. So let's get to the good news out of Santa Clara first. Um, this uh, One of the individuals charged... Sorry about that. I knew I should have keep my uh, chickens locked up until after I uh, did Cam and Company today. That's what I try to do, but uh, sometimes you know, the weather doesn't cooperate with that. So one of the individuals originally charged with bribing sheriff's officials... Uh, had those charges dismissed, they've now been reinstated. Uh, yeah, an Apple executive uh, who once again charged with bribery for allegedly offering uh, then-Sheriff Lori Smith iPads in exchange for concealed carry permits. Now, this was pre-Bruin. And so the number of concealed carry licenses that were actually issued in Santa Clara County, few and far between. Uh, this was generally seen as sort of a no-issue county, uh, just a handful of permits given. Well, Thomas Moyer, who is the uh, head of global security for Apple, according to prosecutors, illegally offered to give more than $50,000 worth of iPads to the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office in exchange for a batch of concealed carry permits for Apple executive security. Yeah. Uh, Moyer's charge was really handed down in 2020 by a grand jury, but it had been dismissed by a lower court in 2021. Prosecutors appealed, and uh, on Friday, a, a court reinstated those charges. The uh, Sixth District Court of Appeal in California. Santa Clara County DA Jeff Rosen telling uh, SF Gate on Monday, Moyer is right back where he should be on the trial calendar and charged with bribery. According to the uh, ruling on Friday, Moyer's involvement started after Apple's executive protection team uh, became concerned about its ability to respond to serious threats against Apple CEO Tim Cook. So they filed for the uh, concealed carry permits in 2018. But according to SFGate, the uh, paperwork, quote, appeared to make little progress, even as Moyer donated to Smith's re-election campaign. 
Rick Sung, a sheriff's official, delayed the permits processing and complained that members of Apple's team had supported Smith's opponent, according to the ruling by the tribunal. It wasn't until January of 2019 that Sheriff Smith then signed the licenses, but the applicant still didn't get a chance to pick them up. Isn't that crazy? So she signed off, but wouldn't give them to the uh, Apple security team. Instead, Moyer, Sung, and Sheriff's Captain Rick Jensen met at Apple Park in Cupertino, California, that February, according to the uh, tribunal's ruling. Now, we don't have a lot of details about that meeting, but the ruling says that Moyer sent himself an email during the meeting with the subject line, iPad donation. And over the next few months, according to the uh, tribunal, Moyer organized the iPad donation within Apple while hiding the fact that the concealed carry licenses were still pending. At this point, again, remember, they'd been signed off by the sheriff. They just hadn't been handed over. Uh, Sung told, uh, uh, allegedly, told a sheriff's office colleague to, quote, think bigger and push the ask from 50 iPads to 200 iPads, or somewhere between $50,000 to $80,000. According to the ruling by the tribunal, Moore was amenable to this, stating in contact with the sheriff's office, and the executive protection team finally got their licenses in late March 2019. That August, several months again, after the licenses had been issued, Moyer canceled the donation after uh, he spoke with a company attorney. But at that point, prosecutors were already looking into how the sheriff's office was uh, handing out and issuing concealed carry permits. And this uh, grand jury indicted Moyer, Sung, and Jensen uh, that November. Now, according to uh, SFGate, litigation has hinged on the definition of the word bribe. As whether as whether a Moyer had, quote, corrupt intent in offering the iPad donation. The uh, California Appeals Court wrote that the evidence was there that Apple's applications had been, quote, languishing for months, giving the grand jury, quote, ample ground to believe that Moyer would believe that a bribe was necessary in order to get those permits. And now that the charge has been reinstated, uh, Moyer has the opportunity to petition the California Supreme Court for review or he can bring the case to trial. Well, guess what? is most likely to happen. Yeah, this is likely to get appealed up to the uh, California Supreme Court. One of Moyer's attorneys uh, said in a statement to SFGate, Tom Moyer did not commit a crime. We will continue fighting this case until he's exonerated. We strongly believe that the Court of Appeal reached the wrong conclusion. All right, so I, I think it's good that we actually are seeing continued accountability for um, the bribery and the corruption that took place in the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office when it came to the issuance of concealed carry permits. We uh, still have those other sheriff's officials who are facing charges, although uh, those trials have not yet begun. Uh, and while I would like to say good job to Jeff Rosen for uh, bringing this uh, case forward, I can't compliment Jeff Rosen at all. Because while the Santa Clara County DA is uh, moving forward on these bribery cases, He's also moving forward on a plan for a ballot initiative in California in November of next year. He calls it the Gun Violence Prevention Act. And again, he's trying to get it on next year's ballot. Uh, according to, um, uh, and then I got to say, the website for the Gun Violence Prevention Act. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Really hard to... Uh, get a handle on everything that this might involve. The text of the proposed resolution simply isn't available on the website. But here's what we do know. The law would dictate that starting a year after passage, all new firearms sold in California would include an integrated trigger lock and storage system. Now, that lock could be biometric, according to the proposal, but by five years after this takes effect, every gun sold in the state of California would be required to be a smart gun. 
to have that biometric locking system. Uh, Rosen says that uh, this will ensure that only the licensed owner or other approved users can access or use the firearm. And uh, according to him, he says an inoperable firearm due to the biometric trigger locks could reduce accidental shootings, especially by children, as well as curtail violence stemming from firearm thefts. Now, there's a obviously a huge problem with that. From a constitutional perspective, requiring that uh, every firearm sold be a quote-unquote smart gun, well, that, again, removes entire classes of firearms uh, from those available to the general public. That is a violation of their right to keep and bear arms. Just as D.C.'s ban on handguns was unconstitutional, California's ban on quote-unquote dumb guns, if this uh, resolution were to pass, would also squarely violate the Second Amendment rights of California residents. Now, beyond that, however, uh, Rosen's proposal doesn't just stop with an attempt to shove a smart gun mandate uh, down the throats of California gun owners. Oh, no. He also wants an annual fee. I'm sorry, not an annual fee. A fee every time you purchase ammunition. And that would be per round. I do apologize for my rooster in the background. Uh, per round. So 20 cents per round for every uh, you know nine millimeter, up to $2 a round for what Rosen defines as armor-piercing ammunition. Yeah, a brand new tax on your Second Amendment rights. In addition to that, he wants uh, annual firearm registration. Now, he notes that California already has, good Lord, I swear, he doesn't generally crow this much, even when he's out and about. I don't know what's going on today. He must be uh, really intrigued by what's going on here. Rosen notes that California basically already keeps track of every gun owner out there, right? He says the state of California maintains records of every person who has lawfully purchased or transferred firearms and maintains records of all known firearms associated with a person, the dealer record of sale database, the automated firearm system database, the arm prohibited persons database allows the system to send vital health and gun safety information to all gun owners in California. That's one of the things that he wants to do is to uh, have the uh, attorney general in California communicate regularly with every gun owner in the state of California via email. Uh, but he also, again, wants to require that every lawful gun owner in the state recertify their firearms with a $25 yearly fee, presumably for every firearm. He said that would be similar to an annual car registration, right? So again, you got to register your car. If you own more than two cars, you have to register each one. So this would be a new $25 tax on every gun you own. Rosen says a yearly registration fee will allow the state to better monitor the ownership of firearms and limit the slippage of legal guns into the black market. Again, this is trying to price people out of their Second Amendment rights by making it more costly, more expensive, and more of a pain in the ass, quite frankly, to keep and bear arms. And again, who's going to be hit the hardest here? It's not going to be Apple executives, the ones with private security, who now, by the way, have their concealed carry licenses. No, no. It's going to be people who are living paycheck to paycheck, people on fixed incomes, people who live in high crime neighborhoods. Those are the folks who are going to be impacted the most by Rosen's proposal if he gets his way. So, again, while I would love to say that Attorney General Jeff Rosen was uh, looking out for uh, gun owners, 
by going after these individuals for bribery. That's not the case here. Uh, because Jeff Rosen wants to obliterate our right to keep and bear arms by, again, forcing every firearm sold in the state of California to be a quote-unquote smart gun. Now, keep in mind, by the way, we don't even have any quote-unquote smart guns that have come to market. You know, we talked with Kai Kepfler from uh, BioFire on this program, what, four or six weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer than that now. He's hoping to uh, start shipping BioFire uh, later this year, but nobody's actually taken possession of one of those smart guns, and that is the first quote-unquote smart gun uh, that is likely to come to market. So Rosen wants to mandate that by 2029, right, five years after uh, this resolution would take effect, that every gun sold in the state is equipped with this unproven untested technology. Previous smart guns that we've seen that have come to market, well, the one gun that uh, was available for sale briefly, the Armatrix uh, IP-1, turns out that that biometric safety system was easily defeated with a couple of magnets and just a little bit of work. So we don't know again that this technology is going to be proven uh, to be safe and effective for gun owners when you need that gun to work. As a matter of fact, you know, when New Jersey, uh, they've got their smart gun commission that are studying, uh, you know, what smart guns need to have before they're sold in the state. And they talk about all the testing that needs to be done. They're not testing these quote unquote smart guns to see if they misfire, to see if they jam, to see if the biometric systems uh, operate in, you know, rainy conditions or things of that nature. They're not testing any of these smart gun features. Because, again, if they did that and it didn't work out so well, well, that would leave egg on their face. So instead, they'll just ignore those concerns. The primary concerns of would-be gun owners, of the, of the potential customers of these quote-unquote smart gun companies. This is what Rosen wants to mandate in the state of California, that only those firearms can be sold. You know, we thought micro-stamping was bad enough. And uh, based on the oral arguments in uh, Boland and Rinna, it, it sounds like the state of California and Cal DOJ may be ready to throw microstamping under the bus, only to replace it with something that would be arguably even worse. So we'll keep our eyes on this. Again, this is a, uh, a ballot referendum that Rosen is trying to get before the voters in California, which I think makes it a little bit more dangerous. Uh, you know, under California's referendum laws, 51%, it passes. And unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, folks who fervently believe that despite all of the restrictions California already puts in place, even more are necessary. So if this thing gets on the ballot, it could pass. Now, it would be immediately challenged in court. And again, I don't think that the smart gun mandate would stand, but that doesn't mean that it would be a quick and easy fight. It, this could go all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, the Ninth Circuit, not as not as hostile, at least on paper, to the right to keep your arms as it has been in years past, but we still haven't seen the Ninth Circuit ever declare that a gun control law has gone too far since the Heller decision was handed down. We've seen district court judges say, oh, no, no, no this, this law infringes on people's rights. We've seen three judge panels on the Ninth Circuit say, no, 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 this law goes too far. But those cases have all gone en banc 
And at the en banc stage, the Ninth Circuit has upheld virtually every gun control law that's come before it. And we can't presume that things would be any different if this referendum were actually to become law. So it's not enough to just think that, uh, you know, we can defeat this in the courts. We need to keep an eye on this. And if it looks like this uh, referendum may be getting on the ballot, we've got to start doing our work to uh, inform and educate Californians on why this referendum would be such a bad idea and a gross infringement on a fundamental right. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a case out of Michigan, where, again, you know, Democrats, they took control of the state legislature this year. First thing they did, start passing gun laws aimed at lawful gun owners. Right? That's the problem, according to Democrats. It's you and me. It's not violent criminals. Oh, no, no. Meanwhile, what's happening in the criminal justice system? There you go. Man sentenced to probation for pointing a gun. At East Point police officers. That's right. Pointing a gun at police officers and walking away with a slap on the wrist. 29-year-old Dees F. Titus. I was really hoping his last name would be nuts, but uh, nope, not not the case. Dees F. Titus got this uh, sweetheart deal last week uh, when Macomb County Circuit Judge Julie Gotti sentenced him to a year in jail, but suspended it in lieu of probation after he pled no contest earlier this summer to resisting and obstructing arrest, assault with a dangerous weapon, breaking and entering, felony firearm possession, and carrying a concealed firearm. He also had a habitual fourth status. So this guy is a habitual offender. And that would have increased his maximum sentence, but it was removed as part of his plea deal with prosecutors. Unbelievable. Gotti sentenced him to serve the first year in jail, as I said, minus 130 days credit, but delayed incarceration to the end of his probationary period, at which time Gotti could suspend the jail time. And again, the expectation is that she would suspend the jail time. If somebody's on probation, they complete their probation, you're not going to then send them to jail, right? Police say that Titus was recklessly driving a uh, an ATV on uh, June 15th last year near uh, Gratiate Avenue in eight-mile road in East Point when officers pulled him over and approached him. They saw a gun in his shorts. When officers attempted to restrain him, Titus attempted to escape. One officer brought out his taser, and Titus fell to the ground, began to roll over when a gun fell out of his pocket. Titus then grabbed the gun, pointed it at officers who took cover, and didn't fire, they say, because there were other people and vehicles in the area. Titus then fled on foot, left the uh, gun behind. He was apprehended a short time later after he was found hiding in a nearby garage. Now, again. That's just this most recent incident for uh, D's F. Titus, who, uh, according to the court system, is a habitual offender. So the question is, given the abundance of evidence in this situation, given the prior criminal history, given the seriousness of the charges that Titus was facing, why the hell did prosecutors offer him a plea deal to begin with? Especially one that resulted in 132 days in the county lockup for a laundry list of felony offenses. We don't know. But again, this sentence would not have happened. It might have been the judge that handed this sentence down. But this sentence would not have happened without the plea deal that was offered by the prosecutors here. And so once again, in a state where the lawmakers have determined that the biggest issue to public safety is lawful gun ownership. 
violent criminals are getting away with their crimes. Today's Armed Citizen story from, uh, where is it, Maine, New York. Upstate New York, a a would-be burglar shot by a homeowner. Two individuals now charged with attempted murder. Uh, The homeowner, not one of them, it uh, is important to note. Uh, According to uh, WBNG, two Binghamton residents, uh, 21-year-old Javon Phillip and 31-year-old Rosalind Worthen, have now been charged with attempted murder and attempted burglary after uh, what they describe as a botched, what the uh, news reports describe as a botched home invasion back on August 23rd in the town of Maine. It was around 10 p.m. that evening. Officers responded to the uh, residents and determined that a mass suspect had tried to get into the home unlawfully, pointing a gun at the homeowner. According to uh, officers, the homeowner exchanged gunfire in front of his home with the suspect. Two shots fired by the homeowner, eight fired by the suspect. Eventually, the suspect fled the area before deputies arrived. Detectives responded to assist with the investigation. Uh, They believe that the suspect sustained a gunshot wound uh, delivered by the homeowner. Homeowner, thankfully, not injured. Sheriff's office determined that the homeowner was in their legal right to defend himself and his home. Authorities say the incident was not a random attack, that the homeowner was specifically targeted. Apparently, the uh, suspects wanted something inside that residence. An investigation determined that uh, both Philip and Worthen went to the home armed with illegal handguns. In an attempt to burglarize the home, Philip sustained a gunshot wound and is being treated at a local hospital. Uh, Philip and Worthen now charged with attempted second-degree murder, criminal liability for the conduct of another. That's a Class B felony. Attempted burglary in the first degree, another Class B felony. And criminal use of a firearm in the first degree, yet another Class B felony. Uh, Given that this is New York and, uh, yet again, another state that has uh, cracked down on legal gun owners while going soft on actual criminals. I'm sure a plea deal is in the works for uh, these two suspects. We'll keep our eyes on this story and try to bring any more details, including the details of whatever plea bargain is offered to the defendants here uh, in the near future. Finally today, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a customer at a gas station in Phoenix, Arizona, who helped save a woman who had been kidnapped This is an incredible story. Um, The woman was allegedly kidnapped from a car dealership in Phoenix on Monday by a man who, according to the Yavapai County Sheriff's Office, was wearing a wig and pretending to be an Uber driver. He allegedly restrained the victim with zip ties as they drove towards Las Vegas. Uh, Monday night, uh, they uh, stopped at a park in Lake Mead around 5 p.m. on uh, Tuesday. Well, at a gas station in Seligman, Arizona, the woman was able to slip a note to another customer that said, help, call 911, and had a description of the van that she was traveling in, as well as a phone number. Customer called 911 uh, immediately and uh, talked to the Yavapai County Sheriff's Office, gave them a description of the woman, gave them a description of the man that uh, she was with, as well as the direction that they were traveling on I-40, uh, deputies then alerted the Arizona Department of Public Safety to assist in locating the van. They found the van uh, on the interstate with the victim and the man. The suspect, identified as 41-year-old Jacob Wilhoyt, uh, reportedly detained without incident. Multiple firearms found in his vehicle, quote, in plain view. He was booked on charges including kidnapping, unlawful imprisonment, as well as aggravated assault. The uh, victim and the sheriff did know each other, according to the sheriff's office. Deputies learned the victim had been reported missing by her mother and was entered as a missing endangered person earlier that afternoon. Will Hoyt had been named as a person of interest in that case. Uh, Yavapai County Sheriff's Office spokesperson uh, Kristen Green said it's a crazy story, but it's one that we wanted to tell specifically because of what the victim did for herself 
to help herself. A lot of us, she said, might have looked at this person like she was crazy. And thank goodness this customer took her seriously and the customer called 911. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, you'd like to think that that you do the same in that situation. Stranger walks up to you, hands you a note, help, call 911, here's the description. I mean, but there would be some people that would see that and say, okay, I'm not going to get involved here, right? I, I Nope, not my circus, not my monkey. I'm just walking away. Thankfully, again, the customer did not do that. The woman in question had the presence of mind to reach out for help when she thought that help was available. As it turns out, she's right. Now she is safe. Suspect uh, behind bars, the anonymous Good Samaritan who uh, called in that tip. Man, I never know who that person was. But we can definitely thank them for their very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you in this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. But the good news is we're updating the website throughout the day with even more Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. And tomorrow... It's Wednesday, hump day. Also, VIP Gold Live Chat Day with Hot Air's Ed Morrissey and myself. That'll take place at 1.30 Eastern. If you want to be a part of that conversation, it's one of my favorite hours of the work week, I would strongly encourage you to head to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP or VIP Gold membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else, including those VIP Gold Live Chats every week but also on a daily basis, giving you a news and information you won't get anywhere else because your support matters and it makes a difference. So thank you. Looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow, hopefully for both Cam and Company and that live chat. But until we talk again, be well, be safe, be free.